Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tom Kang. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. I saw the best minds of my generation distracted by texting, emailing, tweeting, dragging their cursors through Google links at dawn, looking for an info fix. Angel-headed hipsters burning for the ultra-fast heavenly connection to the starry dynamo and the machinery of night, who wired and networked and hollow-eyed and caffeinated sat up searching in the imaginary comfort of Facebook friends, floating across the tops of cities, contemplating signals, who bared their brains to GPS under satellites and saw Wikipedian angels editing on collective knowledge illuminated, who passed through Wi-Fi hotspots with radiant Bluetooth earphones, hallucinating avatars in low-res Second Life islands among the gamers of Warcraft, who were expelled from chat rooms with dreams, with wireless nightmares, megapixels, alcohol, YouTube, and endless eyeballs, who connected via instant messaging in underwear, burning their money on eBay impulse purchases, tapping into the zeitgeist through the synapses of Twitter, who jacked in continuously 70 hours from Pandora to iPod to Amazon to Flickr to Boing Boing, yakety-yacking, primal, screaming, unblinking, participating. Unplug! 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 I'm with you in the compulsion to check inboxes, news feeds, and Facebook. Unplug! I'm with you in the addiction and longing for focus. Unplug! I'm with you to cut the umbilical cord of data. Unplug! I'm with you to disconnect from the infosphere. Unplug! I'm with you to power down and revisit the present tense. Unplug. Does the idea actually attract you or does it repulse you? I'm guessing maybe a little bit of both, right? Well, I want to welcome everyone to Liquid Church here today, especially those that are in New Brunswick and Nutley and Mountainside. Can we show them a little bit of love right now? So good to be together. Awesome. So good. My name is Tom. I'm one of the pastors here at Liquid Church. And today we're capping off this incredibly practical series, 24-6, with a look at the theology of technology. In other words, does God have anything at all to say about our fast-paced, always-on, 24-7, non-stop TGIF world? Of course, I'm talking about Twitter, Google, Instagram, and Facebook, okay? And here's the thing. I actually think that he does, but before we go there, have you guys seen this? This is called a Radio Shack advertisement from something called a 
newspaper from 1991, okay? Now, quick show of hands. How many of you actually have a cell phone right now? Would you raise your hand if you have a cell phone? Right? Yeah, pretty much the whole room, okay? Well, here's the deal. If you have a cell phone, then you basically have every single thing that's listed in this advertisement. Check this out. Mobile cellular phone with memory speed dial and answering machine. Ooh, right? Uh, All-weather personal stereo and AM-FM clock radio, in-ear headphones, right? That came with your iPhone. A calculator. Check this out. A Tandy 1000 computer. Do you know what that is? That's a toaster today, okay? Uh, Handheld recorder, desktop scanner. You can get an app for those things. A VHS camcorder. I remember my dad would carry one of these things wherever our family went, okay? It was like a small piano, all right? See, it is no wonder why we are so attached to technology. It puts the world right in our hands. Literally, we have over 10,000 songs that we can put right in our pocket. In fact, honest moment here, let me ask you this. It's time for confession, okay? How many of you actually checked your phone at least once since you've been in this service? It's okay, all right? You can just be honest. I won't be offended. The national average for checking your phones in one day 110 times. That's not a joke, okay? Maybe you sent a, a, you know, a, a text, checked your inbox. Maybe during the announcements, you played a little Angry Birds. That's okay. You had a status update. Maybe you sent out a quick, you know, sort of a tweet. Hashtag, where's Pastor Tim? Right? I get it. It's okay. Seriously, though. We live in a crazy, nonstop, frenetic-paced, easily accessible, always-on, information-loaded, Wicca world with no pause button insight. Did you know that Americans every day consume over 34 gigabytes worth of information? That is over 10 hours worth of TV. That's over 40,000 Facebook posts. And that's over 340,000 10-page Word documents every single day. If you think about it, our cars are actually hooked up to outer space with these satellite radio stations, right? And just walking from point A to point B, you are, uh, you don't even know, but you're downloading all this information from all these different sources. And even bedside, if you think about it, there's no resting in peace. You've got your iPad, your iPhone over there, and you have access to all the world's information at your fingertips, and you don't even know what to do with it all. Neil Postman, author of Amusing Ourselves to Death, put it this way, Americans no longer talk to each other. They entertain each other. They do not exchange ideas. They exchange images. They do not argue with propositions. They argue with good looks, celebrities, and commercials. And you know what? I would add they do it all in 140 characters or less because you know what? That quote is from almost 30 years ago. That's from 1985. See, in fact, I have a confession for you, okay? Personally, I realize, this is for me personally, I realize I have a problem because I noticed very very recently that every single morning that I wake up, okay, I'm not proud of this, the first thing I do, even before I get out of bed, is I reach for this thing to do three things. Check my inbox, check the Twitter feed, and see if it's finally my turn on words with friends. This is craziness, right? I'm a pastor. I get that, okay? I'm not proud of it, but I'm just being honest with you. We live in a world of feeds and Facebook, and so we're constantly keeping ourselves distracted with like a gazillion things to do at once. And you know something? Here's the deal. Our children have actually caught on. Have you seen the latest ad from AT&T? What's better, doing two things at once or just one? Two! Two! 
You sure? I am absolutely positive. Two times is awesome. The thing I can do is wave my head and wave. That's amazing. I've never seen anything like that. Look, I can do. Hold it on, too. I'm watching this. It's not complicated. Doing two things at once is better. And only AT&T's network lets you talk and surf on your iPhone 5. It's not complicated. Doing two things at once is better, right? A friend of mine in our men's group is a technical project manager for a major broadcasting company. And this is what he shared with me recently. He said, big media companies like Fox and HBO, ESPN, they are actually banking on the second screen dynamic, okay? This is the idea that as you are watching the big game, as you are watching the Golden Globes, as you are watching Downton Abbey, whatever it is that you're watching, that you are also simultaneously glued to a second screen, be it a tablet, an iPad, an iPhone, a laptop, whatever it is, and that you're simultaneously tweeting or Facebooking about whatever it is that you're watching. Because again, it's not complicated. Doing two things at once is better, right? Now, folks, don't get me wrong by my tone, okay? I love technology. I love it. I mean, I just already shared with you how this thing is a part of my body. It's like an extension of my arm. I get this, okay? But also, you know what? Look around at our church. I mean, let's be honest here, right? See, one of the things that I love about Liquid Church so much is that we're trying to, we're trying to redeem. We're trying to actually leverage the things of this world, and even technology for God's glory. I mean, just take a look around. We have screens for scripture. We have amps for, for worship music, right? Uh, we have high-definition preaching that's going on, we, not to mention the church online, and not to mention right now as we speak my message is being translated live in Spanish these are all wonderful things about technology and finally even in my own home I want to be honest here okay if you were to count and as I did the number of cell phones TVs computers and tablets and all that stuff I have in my personal house no less than 11 screens that's 11 screens for just five people and three of us are nine years old and under okay Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. That's actually a candid shot. That is not staged. And, and you know what? Honestly, between me, it's sort of disturbing. I know. I get it. But before you judge, I would ask, you do your own personal inventory. See, because my point is simply this. Technology and social media are a huge part of our lives today. And more than likely, technology and social media will only become more a part of our lives in the future, not less. So it begs the question, is there actually room to power down? Is there actually room to do that? Is there any room in our conversation for the words of God as found by the psalmist who said this, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. See, the first thing that technology and social media do is they keep us perpetually distracted. We are distracted people. Because when you do two or three or four or five gazillion things all at once, we cannot focus on one single thing or one single person sitting right across the table from us. You know, scientists call this actually brain fragmentation. This is the constant influx of multiple media channels, bells and icons and reminders that erode our capacity for sustained, concentrated thought. And it actually feeds into our minds part of the ADHD part of our brain that actually craves stimulation. It craves novelty, something new. And, and you can see the distractions all over the place. Like every year, thousands of hours of productivity are lost at the workplace 
due to social media distractions. And you know what? As a pastor, I have to wonder how many hours with God are actually lost because of Candy Crush. See, in the physical world, you and I, we already know. We teach our children, right? I mean, we're driving, right? We already know that texting, right? Texting while we're driving, that is deadly. We all know that. But in the spiritual world, have you ever spent time surfing on the internet and then tried to pray? Yeah, how'd that work out for you, right? Or, or have you ever spent time hyperlinking on Twitter, you know, going on Instagram and spending half an hour on Etsy and then trying to be still and meditate on God's word? Hashtag boring. It's virtually impossible, right? If you want to cultivate an inner life with God, it requires concentration and being still, ignoring all the random thoughts that race through your head. Your only hope to combat the disease of distraction is actually, as the psalmist said years and years ago, be still and know that he is God. Stillness, you see, is a spiritual discipline and it's, a, it's so vital if you're going to hear God's word. But you know what? That is so hard to do when your phone just keeps buzzing away, right? When you're thinking of like the perfect wordsmithing for your Facebook status update, right? Or when you're waiting for, uh, for, for, for a text from your Betsy, right? Or your bestie, right? Be still and know that I am God. See, it's about saying no to the lie that we should somehow expect more from theology or, or technology, and less from God. And Pastor Tim actually was talking about this earlier. Be still and know that I am God. He was talking about the Sabbath and how it's a 24-hour period of physical rest and personal reflection upon God. And it comes from the heart of the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20 put it this way. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. He rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. See, guys, we live in a digital world, but the Sabbath, The Sabbath is about intentionally going analog. For hundreds and hundreds of years, modern Jews, for for many years, they they basically, they honored the Sabbath. And and more recently, they would shut off their electricity. They would shut off the lights and they would actually light candles on Sabbath day. I, I grew up with friends that would actually do that. They would cook extra meals during the week so that on the Sabbath day, they could actually rest from household chores and, and things like baking and cooking and all that stuff. In other words, the Sabbath, was a, the Sabbath rest was, was when they intentionally unplugged so that their minds and their hearts could be free from the distractions of everyday life and so that they could refocus on God. And so for you and I, here's the deal. It would be also about powering down temporarily shutting off in order to recharge and reconnect back with God. I'm talking about a Sabbath for your cell phones. Let me show you exactly what I mean here. Go ahead and turn with me in your Bible to Isaiah chapter 58. We're going to look old school right now. And the Old Testament is found on page 515. This is an amazing little chapter where the Old Testament prophet Isaiah actually shows us the heart of Sabbath. Watch what he says here. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, If you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your, let's read this last part together, then you will find your joy in the Lord. Exactly. See, folks, it's more than just about distractions. Social media can also be a joy killer. 
See what I'm saying? Because in some ways, you need to understand that social media, it's actually wired to breed discontent. Let's talk about Facebook, for instance. I love Facebook. I'm on it practically every day. And sure, I get it. It's fun. It's fun to connect with old friends and new friends. And we like seeing what's, what other families are doing on snow days. That's a lot of fun. But if you're like me, you actually honestly have a love-hate relationship with Facebook because of certain statuses that you always see popping up here and there. Like when your friend brags about how her husband got her flowers after 20 years of marriage for no apparent reason. Oh, he's so wonderful. Meanwhile, your husband just brings home dirty laundry, right? Or, or how about how so-and-so is on vacation with his hottie wife and look at all these restaurants we're going to and dining out. At. Meanwhile, you don't have the time and you don't have the money to even go on a date to like Chick-fil-A, all right? There is so much posing and posturing going on. Your friend ran a new marathon. Yay, I gained 10 pounds. The statuses go on and on, proclaiming life's joy as loud as they possibly can and highlighting the fact that, you know what, your life in comparison, well, it just sort of kind of, well, stinks. Meh. Right? This is called the comparison trap. Social media, by definition, gives you a window into the lives of others. And when you spend time, just think about it, when you go to the mall, when you spend time window shopping, what happens? Of course, you start comparing and you suddenly become discontent and joy, mm-mm, that's killed. In fact, a re- I love this. In a recent study, they showed that more than one out of every three people end up with negative feelings after spending more than five minutes on Facebook. Here's what the study said. It was a German study. The primary cause of their negativity is envy. They become jealous of their fellow Facebookers' perceived happiness and accomplishments and discontent with their own, which seem much less than other people's. In other words, we tend to portray our lives, socially speaking, just a little bit more exciting and better than they actually are. And as a result... We create envy and covetousness in others, and we leave our friends feeling miserable because their lives somehow don't measure up. Meanwhile, what's happening in your own life when you put that status is you're waiting for the clicks and the likes and the, and the comments and stuff like that. And when you see a friend that has more likes, every time they put up something, it's just they get like 12 likes. What is, what is that? And then you start feeling miserable about yourself. Like, what's wrong with me? Hashtag haters. Right? I, so, see, Facebook isn't just a time sucker. It's a joy sucker. Which is why we need to hear the words of Isaiah over and over again. If you honor the Sabbath by doing as you please, or, or not, not doing as you please, and not speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. See, the Sabbath is about turning off and actually escaping the comparison trap and reclaiming your joy in the Lord. Because you know what? It is impossible for you to have a heart full of joy when you're constantly on Pinterest and Etsy and trying to become the new Martha Stewart. Remember 1 Timothy chapter 6 from last week? Godliness with what? Contentment is great gain. Your soul needs Christ, not another click on your computer. 
Contentment comes from Jesus Christ alone, not by comparing or measuring ourselves with others. So let me ask you, what would your life look like if for one day, one day of the week, you actually powered down and said no to distractions, no to the comparisons, and yes to reconnecting with God and finding joy, joy in the Lord by reconnecting with him, by honoring the Sabbath. So you're wondering, you know, how do I do that? Well, verse 13 actually says, by not going your own way and not doing as you please. And here's the last one. I love this one. Check this out. And by not speaking idle words. Now, folks, I understand that this was written thousands of years ago, but could there be anything more relevant for our culture today? I mean, you talk about idle words, speaking idle words. I realize that social media is not the birthplace of speaking idle words, but it is the stomping grounds for it. And honestly, so much of the idle words, let's just be honest here, let's just be totally honest, I'm guilty of this too, so much of the idle words is self-absorbed, me-centered forms of narcissism, which is the exact opposite of worship, which is God-centered. Narcissism says it's all about me, worship says it's all about someone else, and that's God. Now, again, I am not saying that technology and and social media created narcissism. That is not what I'm saying. I did not say that, okay? No, we were all born with that, and, and the Bible says that in Genesis, actually, that we were all born with that disease, but I will say this. Technology and social media make it a whole lot easier for me to unleash my self-absorption. I mean, how else can you possibly explain tweets like these? Did you ever look so fly to the point where you didn't want to go home because you felt like not enough people saw you? (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) We laugh, but we're all at least just a little bit guilty of the same sort of thing because there are plenty of subtle, more nuanced, more acceptable forms of narcissism throughout the internet. I'm talking about things like self-promoting blogs or promotions about self-promoting blogs or even the latest trend. Have you seen this on Facebook lately? Okay, again, I'm guilty of it, okay? The latest trend on Facebook is these self-inventories where you broadcast to basically everyone you know which city you should live in. All right, or which Disney character, or Grey's Anatomy, or Harry Potter, or Star Wars character best personify you? These are all acceptable forms of idle, me-centered words that we're all guilty of to some degree. Before you start feeling too guilty, don't worry. I got Han Solo. Okay, (laughs) got one Star Wars fan there, folks. We got issues. You too, man. So I can, can I just share with you one practical step that's helping me? I won't say it's completely broken it, but it has helped me put a dent in this technology spell in my life. And I think it's going to do the same thing for you. It's helping me actually get back to a heart of worship. It's actually helping me uh, with my battles of of discontentment. It's actually helping me uh, to focus and to be still and know that he is God. And it's called a technology Sabbath, a 24-hour period where you deliberately unplug in order to reconnect to the things that matter most to you. And in our case, I'm talking, of course, about your relationship with Jesus Christ. 
You know, I first heard of this technology Sabbath from Tiffany Schlein. She is a mother, a filmmaker, and founder of the Webby Awards. And here is her incredible story. I love technology. Like everyone, I'm totally addicted. But it's also consumed all of my time where I feel like I'm constantly responding to everyone and not really responding to myself in some ways. But a few years ago, I started thinking a lot about time. My father was dying of brain cancer, and sometimes he only had one good hour a day. So it made me think about how little of time we have. And during that time, my family and I decided to completely unplug from technology one day a week. We call it our technology Shabbats. We've done it every week for more than three years, and it's completely changed my life. But with all these new delicious technologies today, when do we ever get the space to take time off? I mean, doesn't it feel like you're always being distracted or beeped at or tweeted or... I mean, I just feel like I'm influenced by so many different things. I feel like I'm in an emotional pinball machine. It just seems like a good idea to have one day where no one gets to affect your mood except yourself and the people that you love right around you. Now, taking this one day off from technology every week, I feel so much more grounded and balanced. My husband, Ken, and I try to be as unavailable as possible, except to each other and our children. I feel like a better mother, wife, and person. Every week, it's like a valve of pressure releases from the bombardment of interesting facts, articles, and tidbits I consume daily as I travel on this info rocket of discovery, procrastination, productivity, and then eventually overload. Now, there's so much good that comes from technology. Just know that I believe that. But I also think about what it's taking away. Being present, being focused in the moment. Researchers have compared the sense of technological dependency on the feeling that we must be accessible and responsive at any time to that of drugs and alcohol. And it's all because of this hormone dopamine, which is related to mood, attention, and desire, whether it's for knowledge, food, or sex. And it tells you that when you get something and it feels good, you want more of it. So when you're up late licking, so <laughs> when you're up late, hopefully not licking, I mean, clicking from website to website or compulsively texting or emailing, those are dopamine-induced loops. And just as we've discovered the hard way, when we have too much sugar or too much alcohol, you can have too much information. I believe we're only at the beginning of truly understanding the effects of too much technological stimulation on the brain. Smooth as a baby's bottom. The memory has been removed, like chalk erased from a blackboard. So as we rush into this era of hyper-connected human evolution, we need to evolve and adapt to be more mindful of what we're doing online and when we should go off. Since we've unplugged on Saturdays, our Saturdays now feel like mini vacations, slow living that we savor like fine wine. We garden, we take bike rides, we do art projects. We're just present with the people right in front of us. And it's such a beautiful day. It's my favorite day of the week. Now there's one other benefit to unplugging each week. By sundown on Saturday night, we can't wait to go back online. We appreciate technology all over again. But more importantly, the one day off to rest and think about the world 
makes me reinvigorated to engage in the world with a new perspective. So every week, we remember that the most important thing about technology is it has an off switch. So do you want to try it with us this weekend? Think about it. You can do all those things you've been putting off. Garden, call your mom, look out the window, read a book, unplug. Unplug. Give a Sabbath to your cell phone. It's called a technology Sabbath. And you know something? That's exactly what I started doing a couple of weeks ago. As an experiment for 24 hours, I just unplugged. I didn't become Amish. No offense to my Amish friends here, okay? But for 24 hours, I said no, N-O to this thing right here and all forms of social media, right? No phone, no Facebook, no text, no tweets. Can you imagine that? I mean, what would that actually be like for you? Let me tell you something. Honestly, for me, it was a lot harder than I thought initially would be. And especially for those first couple of hours where I'm not going to lie, my heart, I could physically, this is pretty pathetic, I, I could physically feel my heart racing just a little bit more as my anxiety level increased and literally my hands, my, I'm not kidding, my hands got a little sweaty, okay? I know you're judging me right now, but don't worry, it's going to happen to you too, okay? Here's the deal, right? See, for the first couple of hours of unplugging, I want to be totally honest with you, totally straight, it actually brought me back to about 15 years ago when I was quitting smoking. I used to smoke a pack of cigarettes a day and it brought me back to that place different sort of abuse same sort of addiction in fact I jotted down some things that were kind of going through my mind the things that I realized during these 24 hours this technology sabbath like how this is so pathetic how at every single traffic light or stop sign I couldn't help it my my hand would reach out for my phone just to see if I got another inbox just to see if I missed a text or, or how whenever I was waiting for a cashier or a bank teller or a waiter, this, even one time this, I was waiting for an elevator and I would literally have to whip out my phone just to kill those few seconds. And yeah, you know that, that whole second screen dynamic thing? Well, I also noticed that during this time when Eric and I were catching up on our show Homeland, right? Anytime, this is so bad, anytime a scene of dialogue between two people lasted for more than five, six seconds, I felt this impulse to go to my second screen and just see what was happening on Facebook, you know, see what was happening in the Twitter sphere. I was like tuning out of that and tuning into this. But you know something? It actually goes deeper than those symptoms. Because honestly, again, I am so, part of me is actually ashamed to share this, but I think it's, we need to hear this. I found myself actually sort of feeling like alone, lonely. I, I found myself like craving affirmation. Because, you know, the, 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 my body, my heart, my mind was so used to these tiny doses throughout the day uh, of these tiny releases of dopamine that I would get from getting likes and comments and, 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 and different things on the social media that, that, that were no longer there for me for those 24 hours. And now my body, my heart was going through withdrawal. Can you imagine that? And so the question kept going through my head, could it be true that my brain literally was being, is rewired in its expectations and consumptions of all that it pleases and speaking idle words through social media and technology? And you know something? The answer was definitely yes. 
That's what I learned during this 24 hours. That somewhere, someway, somehow along the line, my brain had been rewired and I was definitely addicted to technology and social media and even myself more than I care to admit. Again, it is not that technology and social media created the narcissism or the discontentment or any of that. I'm not saying that. It's just that those things gave me way too easy of an avenue to indulge in them. And so now stepping back, stepping away from it for 24 hours, right? That was such an eye-opening spiritual awakening. It was like a breath of fresh air. Be still and know that I am God. And you know something? Thank God it wasn't just about all these negative observations or anything like that because somewhere around the halfway point of my technology Sabbath, something internally started to happen with me. I'm just being straight with you here. My, My jitteriness and my anxiety level, they started to subside just a little bit and I was able to read, even read the Bible with more focused concentration because now for the first time in a long time, I was no longer worried about, did I get any likes on my, on my new Facebook status yet? Because you know what? I didn't update my Facebook status yet. So that was a good thing, right? And this part, I will never forget. I will never, ever forget this. Later on that night after dinner, instead of retiring to my normal routine of going to my desk and going to my computer, going to online, you know, seeing what was happening in everyone else's life, your life, right? Instead of doing that, right? I found myself lingering at my dining room table with my family just a little bit longer, engaging in conversation and listening to my girls, to my wife, just a little bit longer, listening to them giggle and fight just a little bit longer when suddenly one of them, my youngest one, May, she's five years old, right? She had this brilliant idea. Let's paint daddy's fingernails, right? And my wife, you know, she took a picture and later on she put it on Instagram. I get the irony there. It's not lost on me, okay? But I remember her saying to me at that moment, at that moment, she said to me, see, Tom, now you're fully present. And guys, she was absolutely 100% on. And can I just tell you something here? Just not as a pastor, but as a father. Can I just tell you, experiencing my girls having so much fun, (laughs) spending a little extra time just kind of lingering around the table. My little one, May, she was literally jumping up and down laughing. Daddy, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And she was painting my nails, making a mess of the place. I got to tell you that that moment, that moment was my favorite moment in the past several weeks. Ain't no amount of likes or comments or favorites on Twitter or whatever that could possibly compare to that moment. And you know something else? Here's the deal. That night, we all went to bed. And the next morning when I woke up, I still had about four or five hours left of this unplugging for 24 hours, right? And so instead of, uh, of reaching for my phone, right, reaching for this thing, instead of that, what, what did I do? I, I actually, this time I reached out for my wife's hand. Erica was still asleep, and, and I, just, I just reached, and I held her hand, and I just, I just started praying for her. Not, nothing like so spiritual or anything, but I just started thanking God from my heart, like, Lord, 
just thank you for Erica. You know, I put her through so much stuff and she's just always so loving, so patient, so wise. Thank you for her in my life. I couldn't think of a better person in my life. And, and just thank you for the kind of mom that she is to our girls. What a gift upon a gift. And you know something that I realized at that very moment? Again, I am not proud of this. But you know what I realized at that moment? I realized, oh my gosh, when is the last time I've held my wife's hand and, and actually prayed for her for, for longer than a minute outside of like maybe dinner, right? Let me tell you something. If for nothing else, the technology Sabbath, the 24 hours of unplugging was worth just that moment. See, folks, they say technology and social media have an incredible way of drawing you closer to the people that are furthest from you and driving you further from the people that are closest to you. And that includes God. If you honor the Sabbath by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. Folks, I want to challenge you to te- today to take a technology Sabbath at some point this week. As a matter of fact, you can start right now. And yeah, you know what? I get that we don't always encourage impulsive reactions here at Liquid Church. Normally, we would ask you to go home, pray about it, all that stuff. But you know what? I, I, for, I, I just think that this particular case is different. See, because in a few moments, I'm going to ask everyone here to actually power down and unplug from something like your cell phone. For maybe it's your cell phone, maybe it's the TV, whatever it is. Unplug for 24 hours so that you can actually pray and reconnect with God and the people he's placed in your life. And you know something, guys? Don't worry, okay? This is a phone not a pacemaker. You will not die, okay? I promise you, okay? I know it's going to feel like that. Like, no, what would I ever do? Great question. What will you do? See, earlier this week, I ran a little experiment with my team on staff here, and I asked them to unplug, each of you unplug for 24 hours, and here is what some of them shared afterwards. Some of you know Tanya, she's our service coordinator. She said that I unplug to make music. The psalmist says that we make a joyful noise onto the Lord. That's what she does when she unplugs. John Kabiski, you know him, he's our logistics director here, right? He wrote, I unplug to connect with my wife. That's him and his wife, lovely wife, Angela Kabiski, right there, right? Susie, our family ministries coordinator, right? She wrote, I unplug to snuggle, and that's her boy, Ethan. Did you notice how John and Susie over here, when they unplug to reconnect with God, God reconnects them to not only himself, but the people that God has placed in their lives. And finally, we've got Carla over here. She's our Liquid Kids team coach coordinator. And she wrote, I unplug to dance all day. Some people are crazy. But anyways, all right, how about you? What will you do? Because you know what? Here's what we did. We placed one of these inside of every program today. If you don't have one, go ahead and raise your hand. We got ushers coming down right now. They'll get one of these cards, these I unplug to blank cards into your hands. And in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to actually do something real brave here. Take a step of faith and unplug for 24 hours. No phone, no Facebook, 
No, no texts, no tweets. Unplug for 24 hours. Then this time tomorrow, go ahead and turn your phones back on and let us know what you did. At that, that's a good time to actually take a selfie at that moment, okay? Fill out your card and tweet or post it on Facebook with hashtag unplug. Did you read some more Bible? Did you actually pray for those that are closest to you? Did did, did you actually use that time to unplug and have a decent conversation that was uninterrupted for the first time in a long time? What did you do? Let us know. Hashtag unplug. You see, folks, it's called the technology Sabbath. You unplug in order to reconnect with God and others. Okay, so are you ready? If you're ready, all right, this is that moment of faith right now. Go ahead and take out your phones. I'm going to do the same thing here, all right? Take out your phones. We'll do this together, all right? It's a little bit easier that way. And on the count of three, some of you are like, oh, I need to pray about this. Just take the step of faith, okay? On the count of three, okay? One, two, three. <laughs> okay. All right, I know, I know. Are you shaking? Me too. But here's the deal. Don't worry. Be still and know that he is God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to confess right now I'm the chief sinner in this area. I look for affirmation. I look for uh, being content uh, through all these different resources, through all these different social medias and technology, when in actuality I should find my contentment in you. I should find my joy in you, Lord. I, I confess that right now. So I just pray, whatever it is in life, technology, social media, whatever it is that distracts us from you, I pray that you would call that out. And you help us to break from it and have a technology Sabbath and and just draw closer to you. Help us to reconnect with you by unplugging from the things that distract. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com. Or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.